This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you, as the parent, can follow their ride on a live tracking map. Yeah, when your teen requests a trip, they're matched with highly rated, experienced drivers and you receive real-time notifications. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today, they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. It makes them feel safe, and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. And today, you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome to the show, Ridiculous Historians, as well as fans of The Hunt for Red October, the um, the thriller starring Sean Connery. What about Das Boot? Das Boot is more of a classic, I would say, yeah. and, a, and set a precedent for sure. Yeah. Do you know, do you know who directed Das Boot? Wolfgang Peterson. That's Wolfgang right. Wolfgang Peterson. That's Casey our super, on the case. That's our super well, producer, Casey Pegram. He's already on the case, but we have How do we do that? Can we combine this Casey fairy sound effect with the uh, dun-dun? Well, I, I like the way that it, it just rolled in with the with the sound effect after. You know what? Yeah, who cares? Maybe we double it up. Sure. I don't know. It's already happened. I'm Ben. I'm Noel. And yeah, <laughs> Wolfgang Peterson also directed um, a, a Nightmare Fuel movie from my and probably many other people's childhoods, The NeverEnding Story. Nightmare Fuel? Really? That's uh, an amazing yeah, story. Yeah, it is. But as a kid, it is a very dark, depressing film. Like when the horse gets sucked into the swamp. Mm-hmm. And like those creepy uh, sphinx that shoot lasers and have breasts. Those were cool, though. I still think of when I'm trying to describe uh, various rites of passage to people, I use the metaphor of those three gates that Atreyu has to go through. No, it's true. I, I think it just it traumatized me a little bit as a mm-hmm. child. And that's sort of a bit of an internet trope where it's a screenshot of that scene where the horse is like sinking into the swamps of sadness. And it's sort of like this is where it all started going south for me mental health wise. Mm-hmm. 
Speaking of fantastic segues, today's episode is not about the never-ending story, but it is related to maritime adventures. Das Boot. Das Boot, the hunt for Red October, which to me, uh, for nostalgic reasons, is probably closer to my heart. In a previous episode, we explored life on submarines uh, because of that potato war. Ah, yes. Yes. Very short-lived potato war. Very A potato skirmish. There you go. Yeah. And today's episode brings us to another tale of maritime mishaps. There we go. That's the way to say it. We are traveling back to April 14th. 1945, and we are aboard one of the most advanced submarines at the time, a little thing called a U-1206. Now, is not that, not, not to harp on Das Boot, because obviously I like to say it, but isn't that what that movie was about? Wasn't it about the crew of a, of a, of a, of a U-boat? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Um, that's right, Ben. Today's episode is, in fact, about uh, a sort of 2.0 version of one of these boats, because this was kind of the scourge of the Nazi party. Well, their scourge on the Allies. That was, this was one of their most covert and successful ways of wreaking havoc. Isn't that right? Uh, that is correct. U-boats were quite dangerous. And one of the reasons they were dangerous is because they were very difficult to detect. Right. And they were very pretty nimble. fast. Yeah, fast, agile creatures. I believe the submarine in Das Boot is uh, based on a U-96. Uh, all the U-boats, submarines were called boats at the time too. All the U-boats had that designation of U-something. That's right. And in the case of today's story, we're looking at that U-1206. The U-1206 was a premier vessel. I mean, this thing was a big deal. It went into service in March of 1944. Its emblem was a white stork on a black shield with a green beak and legs. So let's get an idea of the size of this thing. It was uh, 220 feet, seven inches long, uh, or for the rest of the world outside of the U.S., that's 67.23 meters. It was about 31 feet or 9.6 meters high and it was able to, despite its size, disappear under the water pretty quickly. It could operate at depths of up to 750 feet or 230 meters. It also, in addition to its uh, heightened functional capacities, right, its uh, superior armament and so on, it, it had a couple of amenities, which were pretty rare for submarines at the time. In particular, it had a very high-tech toilet, a complicated toilet. Very complicated. Let's backtrack just slightly. In previous models, um, they, they did have toilets, but they hadn't quite cracked the code yet on how to get these toilets to flush and expel the waste while the uh, boat was submerged, while the sub was submerged. Right. There was a problem with operating the previous models of the toilet at depth. This one, however, they figured it out. Those crafty German engineers figured it out. But as you said, Ben, it wasn't easy. In fact, it was so complicated that they had to designate a toilet specialist to be on board who could assist with the flushing of this latrine. Can you imagine that, Ben, having to call in the toilet specialist to flush down your, your business? They had multiple specialists, That's in right. fact. Yeah, they had multiple specialists because someone who was trained in the operation of this contraption had to be present 
to flush it. It had a complicated system of valves. That's essentially what it boils down to. You couldn't just hit a handle and then call it a day. This thing was complicated, um, but it was also poorly placed in terms of the interior of the submarine. Yeah. It was directly over the batteries that powered the sub. That powered the sub when it was submerged because the engines had to be shut off at that right, point, right? Right, And I actually wasn't aware that battery technology was quite as advanced as it clearly was uh, in this time. Um, they were banks of batteries that would supply uh, an inordinate amount of electricity. Because can you imagine, like, how much you would need to keep a, a boat like that moving? That's right. These batteries provided 560 kilowatts of power for propulsion when there was when the sub was submerged and you're right about killing the engines as well because diesel electric submarines had a had a larger signature when they were running underwater it was loud it was easier to detect so ideally you want a quieter source of power and Ben, I just want to point out, we're getting a, a little bit of this information from a website with a delightful URL. It is toilet-guru.com. I'm also a fan of warisboring.com. Very, very good. And I've got a, a little spoiler alert, a surprise that I'm saving for the end. I think you will appreciate. But for now, onward, onward to this, uh, the, the very epitome of sub-technology at the time. On April 6, 1945, this fantastic submarine with its very complicated toilet, the U-1206, leaves the port city of Kristiansand in Nazi-occupied Norway, and it goes on its first combat patrol. Its mission, like that of many U-boats, is to seek out and destroy British and U.S. ships. Seek and destroy, like the, uh, like the Stooges, or is it search and destroy? Same def. Eh, you know, you're looking for something and then, you know. You destroy it. Yeah. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber Teen. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. This is important stuff. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you can follow their entire ride on that live tracking map. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. I watch every step of the way uh, from the moment the car's called to when they get in and then I can track their progress to and from their destination. It makes them feel safe and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And here's how it works. When your team requests a trip, they are matched with highly rated experienced drivers and you receive those real-time notifications as well as enhanced safety features. That's right. Pin verification, in fact, to ensure that your team enters the right vehicle. Live trip tracking for parents plus you, the parent, can contact the driver directly from the app. And don't delay. Today you can get 40% off that's up to $15 off three Uber Teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. 
chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Sometimes to get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. We're nothing if not trailblazers here at Ridiculous History. And you know who also is a huge uh, iconoclastic challenger of the status quo, Ben? Who is that, Noel? I think you know. Hmm. It's Harry's. Yes, it's Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by all kinds of like slipshod, questionable products in the shaving industry. And they said, hey, you got to be the change. I was excited to try out the Winston set. It's an all-in-one package. You get some shaving cream. You get that great razor we're talking about. They also have deodorants. Yeah, I was about to say. Very helpful. I do really enjoy uh, their line of self-care products. Um, Richly lathering, skin-softening body washes and scents like redwood, wild lens, and stone. You want to know what a stone smells like? I've often wondered. Well, you know, you can. <laughs> so don't settle for the status quo, folks. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash history. Once again, that's harrys.com slash history for a $3 trial set. So it's on patrol for about eight days. And I mentioned this to underline the fact that the U-1206 was in the service of the Nazi war effort that only had three more weeks to go at yeah. best before it was the end of the game for them. Yeah, I think at this point, Hitler was already holed up in, in uh, what I had not heard the term for uh, until just a little while ago, his Fuhrer bunker. That's true, yeah. And uh, I think on April 30th, he commits suicide in that same Fuhrer bunker. Um, seven days after that, Germany completely surrenders and the war is over. But no one knew that on the U-1206 at the time. They knew they were just out to find and obliterate any Allied ship they could, they could get in their sights or within range of their torpedoes. And so they're out on the open sea, and it's fairly uneventful. How big was their crew again? It was around 40. So these 30 to 40 crew members trapped in this tin can beneath the waves, um, while they have their eyes peeled, they're not running into, they're, they're not running into any action, no. any war. Uh, but they are doing the normal things that you do. They're eating, they're sleeping in shifts, they're using that very, very fancy toilet. Again, this is, this is like the version of, this is to sub-toilets as the uh, Japanese Toto bidets are to normal Commodes. I think we've talked about this uh, re our, our sponsorship by Tushy, but man, those things are high tech and incredible, life changing. I know. Listen to us, America. You've got to stop pooping like barbarians. Seriously. So, so, but that's that's actually a, a fairly accurate comparison because a lot of people were confused by this, and this is when we introduced Captain Carl Adolf Schlitt to the story. He yeah. was twenty seven years old and Young in buck. charge of the sub at the time. Yeah, it's true. And it was his, it was, it was in fact his first rodeo when it comes to going out on a sub. He was very new to the game, a little bit green. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, Ben, 
Where our story really starts to get interesting um, is about eight miles off of the coast of Scotland at about 200 feet below the, uh, the surface of the ocean. That's when our man, uh, Schlitt, had to take a Schlitt. Captain Schlitt. Uh, yeah. He <laughs> I keep the chain of command there. Yes. So he decided that he wasn't going to request the assistance of the toilet technician, right? Uh, Surely. I'm a captain of the, a submarine. The chief commodist. I can operate a toilet. I can do this. The toilet tinkerer was either not desired or not around. And so Schlitz said, you know what? I'm, I'm in charge of this, this entire sub. I'm a captain. I know how everything works. And the instruction manual is right here by the toilet. Did we mention that? It, <laughs> it had a comprehensive instruction manual. I'm picturing a massive tome, uh, spiral bound, hanging from a chain on the wall. That's what I don't know. That's that's just how I'm looking at it. Which is helpful from a design perspective when you think about it, because a lot of people like to read when they're using the restroom. <laughs> that's right. So this is this is actually good engineering. Yeah. yeah. But whatever, uh, maybe he was in a hurry, because being captain, he had other things to do. Maybe he just misread it. Maybe he wasn't as smart uh, on the or as quick on the uptake as he thought he was, because something went wrong. And then he goes. You know, Oshlit. Oh, and so he says, okay, I know when I need to delegate. Where's the toilet specialist, right? Where's the... Um, the commodesman. Yeah. So Schlitt asks that crew member to come help them out. And then that crew member takes a stab. And maybe because something was already messed up with the valves, yeah. they make the problem worse. I mean, we, we're not trying to throw this specialist under the bus here. You know, I'm sure he knew his craft. But I have a feeling that our boy Schlitt kind of pre-botched the whole works, right? Right. And there's the toilet. There's the commode, probably still full of Schlitt. And now the specialist has to figure out not just how to operate the toilet correctly, but how to make up for uh, Schlitt's mishap. And so the specialist opens the outside valve of the commode, the one that goes directly to the sea, while the inside valve is still open. And this causes a deluge of seawater into the sub and also probably the rest of uh, Schlitz leaving. Schlitz, Schlitz. Right. It's fun to say. And we talked about the bank of batteries. Did we talk about the design and where they were located or just the fact that the sub operated on them? The, we did mention, I did mention that the batteries are directly under the toilet. Ugh. Right. And it seems problematic. It's tough to design this kind of stuff, you know? Uh, it's tough to... To put all the needed gadgetry into a space with such a sharp, strong form constraint. Totally. It's sort of like they keep making the iPhone thinner and thinner, so they got to remove the headphone jack. Sure. Just like that. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. They actually <laughs> brought it back, but they made it a little thicker. Right. It, or it's it's like uh, looking under the hood of a high-end sports car. That's right. Because so much stuff is put in this weird uh, Tetris-like arrangement. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what was happening in this sub. I mean, clearly it's not a good idea to have the power source directly under something like the toilet. But then it's a question of where else are you going to put it, right? You don't want it necessarily near the torpedoes. Yeah. No, it, it seemed like it probably seemed like a good idea at the time. Probably seemed very clever to those uh, crafty German engineers. <laughs> right. So, Ben, is this the part where we want to get into a little chemistry? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. So salt, the symbol for that in ACL, right? Uh, water is H2O. And if you dissolve salt in water, you get a solution of various ions. And H2O on itself is not conductive, doesn't conduct anything, but an ionic solution certainly is 
conductive and it certainly does conduct stuff. So when this water floods in through the valve system of this complicated toilet, uh, the water and the salt in the seawater hit the sub battery and the sub battery as a result of this chemical interaction produces lye plus hydrogen gas plus most importantly chlorine gas because the sub battery is full of acid mm. so the the problem with chlorine gas is that it is a deadly deadly poison yeah and they're in a tube a metal nice. tube under the water with their pants down. Well, you presumably Schlitz pants are up at this point. I like the idea of him still having his trousers around his ankles in a blind panic. That would be, yeah, just kind of, you know, scooting around. Doing the little penguin run. That's the one. Yeah. So so we don't have pictures of it, at, of the scene we at that time. We have mental pictures. We have mental pictures. We have imaginings. We have dreams of this, of this moment. Uh, but we do know what happens next. The submarine is filling with chlorine gas. This could be a death sentence if they don't do something. Do you think they clocked instantly what was happening on a chemical level? Or do you think they just started gagging and choking uncontrollably and knew, oh, Schlitt, something's gone wrong? I'm absolutely sure they knew because they were very well aware of how the batteries worked. That's fair. If the toilet was complicated, that's because it was new. But diesel electric battery power would have been familiar to them. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber Teen. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. This is important stuff. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you can follow their entire ride on that live tracking map. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. I watch every step of the way uh, from the moment the car's called to when they get in and then I can track their progress to and from their destination. It makes them feel safe and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And here's how it works. When your team requests a trip, they are matched with highly rated experienced drivers and you receive those real-time notifications as well as enhanced safety features. That's right. Pin verification, in fact, to ensure that your team enters the right vehicle. Live trip tracking for parents. Plus, you, the parent, can contact the driver directly from the app. And don't delay. Today, you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber Teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's this. There's always a catch. So when we heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, what's the catch? 
So we dug in, and after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't a catch. Can you believe that? Mint Mobile's got a secret sauce, babies, and it is that they sell wireless service online, and by doing so, cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet, sweet, delicious savings directly onto you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. So this is when our boy Schlitt has to kind of jump into action. And despite having sort of botched the whole thing to begin with, had to sort of exercise his thinking on his feet muscles. Right. And the captain quickly realized that he had no choice but to order the submarine to surface because they had to vent this gas as quickly as possible and then replace it with breathable air. Mind you, they're doing this in enemy territory off the coast of Scotland. About eight miles, yeah. yeah. And so they surface within sight of the Scottish coastline. In one story, you'll hear that they surfaced almost directly beneath an Allied ship, uh, but we do know for sure they surfaced so close to shore that they were quickly spotted by Allied aircraft. They were attacked, uh, and the captain had to order the crew to abandon ship. Um, three, three members of the crew fell overboard and drowned, and I believe one died in uh, the Malay fighting that oh, occurred. so we were right at 40 crew members then because 36 survived. Yep, Boom. that is correct. So what happened, what happened during this attack? The U-1206 was badly damaged and couldn't dive. And this is when Schlitz starts ordering the crew into lifeboats. And then he makes the game time decision that only a captain can make. Abandoned ship, right? Get get on, get ye hence to a lifeboat. He's done that, but now he does the very last thing. He scuttles the ship. What does that mean? I don't, I don't think I know that term. It means to purposely sink a ship of any sort. So in the rough definition, it means to cut a hole through the bottom deck or side of a ship. But you, you know, you destroy it. That's what he did. He destroyed the submarine, his own ship, and it went down. And as the ship sank, he got away, by the way, uh, as the ship sank we can only imagine what he thought maybe he thought i should have just contacted the toiletsman when i was supposed to the headsman <laughs> sure that's yes. that's that's something different that's someone that's like an executioner the canner i like yeah. it but he also entered into history the annals of history as uh, the captain of the only warship in the entirety of naval history to be doomed by its own malfunctioning toilet cool do you think it's on his tombstone? <laughs> I think they probably, he probably wanted to go with something a little more prestigious, like loving father or husband or something. So presumably they were captured by the allies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 36 members of the crew were rescued by small boats in the area. Uh, some people made it to shore in their lifeboats and then were captured, but nobody really got away. So... They would have ended up in, like, POW camps or something, right? Yeah, they would have ended up in POW camps. And they probably would have been, well, they were certainly well aware of the severity of the situation on the Axis side. They knew this sure. was getting toward the end. That's right, yeah. 
And speaking of the end, we are reaching the end of our story today, but we're reaching the beginning of something else. We just went off mic for a second and realized that this episode is coming out on New Year's Day. So happy New Year's, Noel. Happy New Year's to you, Ben. Happy New Year to you, Casey. Thank you. Happy New Year's to everyone and to all a good night. <laughs> no, it's been it's been a hell of a good run, and uh, we we I didn't even, I don't think we even talked about this, but not too long ago, I don't remember the exact date, we reached a solid year of doing this show. That's true. Yeah, I don't think either of us realized it until we were well off air. Yeah, and or we were well past the time, and then it was just you know too late. <laughs> so if we're talking about you know New Year's business, yeah. I think we could recognize that fact and and just say how much we appreciate all the folks that uh, tune in and seem to dig the show and, and allow us to kind of keep doing it. I, I sure enjoy doing it. And hope we can keep doing it for many years to come. Yeah, agreed. I, uh, you know, if I could turn back time. Uh, the only thing I would change is a little bit more energy at the opening of this episode because we totally forgot it's our first episode of 2019. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it's okay. We saved it for the back end. There we go. There we go. It's the a reward end. for everyone who's stuck around, right? So thank you so much. We would like to hear. Oh, oh, Noel, I forgot the surprise. I found a lovely list of wacky submarine terms. Because you'll remember in our potato episode, we used some terms that I think were a little bit off because neither of us, uh, you know, have a history in the Navy. Mm. So there are so many terms that people have. There's burn a flick. It just means watch a movie. There's bull George. By Navy tradition, the most junior ensign is called George and the most senior is called the bull. In the submarine force, it takes so long for junior officers to get to the boat Two six-month schools, a 10-week school, at least two moves, and a uh, oh, and a bunch of red tape that most arrive as lieutenant's junior grade. When you only have one ensign, as many of them do, by tradition, he is both the bull and the George or the bull George. And things that don't work are called broke dick. Anything that doesn't work. That pump has been broke dick for a week. <laughs> <laughs> broke dick? Broke dick. I like it. <laughs> there, there are a lot of vulgar terms on this thing. So we we learned even more strange slang phrases, many of which are not fit for air on this show. But we would like to hear some of your favorite military slang or naval slang phrases. Uh, anything that that made you laugh, anything that made no sense, or anything with a really compelling story behind it. Let us know. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'd especially like to recommend you check out our Facebook community page, Ridiculous Historians, where you can interact with your fellow listeners, many of whom have some uh, fascinating stories to tell. Have you been checking out some of that Tooth Fairy stuff? Love the Tooth Fairy stuff. That seemed to hit a nerve, like in your tooth. Mm -hmm. There's nerves, nerve ending. I don't know. No, I th I thought I really enjoyed that episode a lot. I want to say I really had a good time doing it. And uh, when we listen back to these, um, sometimes it feels like a chore, and I actually found myself kind of uh, enjoying that one. It's good to hear, man. It's good to hear. What, what? Oh, we want to thank our super producer Casey Pegram. Sure, we do. We want to thank Alex Williams, who composed our track. We'd like to thank Gabe Luzier, our, our wonderful research associate, who hipped us to this topic. Uh, and I'd like to thank you, Noel. It's it's been a great year, Ben. I thank you as well. It has been a great year. And I look forward to many more um, on Ridiculous History. See you next year, folks. In 
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.